Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Lane Kawoka. Lane, are you ready to do this? I'm ready and willing. Aloha, everybody. Let's do this. Lane is a real estate investor. He's the co-owner of MFPE Investments, owning over 3,000 single-family homes and multifamily home investments. I'm excited to have you on. Lane, tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so I um, started as an engineer out of college. I uh, went to work and uh, bought a house to live in. And that was where I got the bug for this real estate investing. Uh, first home I bought was in Seattle. was about $350,000. It rented for 2200 a month. But more importantly, the mortgage was only $1,600. So $2,200 and minus $1,600 was a lot of beer money <laughs> at the time for a younger kid. So that was the start of uh, the, the real estate portfolio because I didn't enjoy my day job. And that was what I saw was my ticket out of the rat race. And that's probably a pretty common thing that you get when you're talking to people, huh? People are like, you know what? This sounds way better than showing up to my 9 to 5 or my 8 to 5 or whatever it might be. Right, right. I mean, you know, like most most job um, you know, increases or the, you know promotions, you only get about, what, 5 15% bump in pay. And for most of us, it's like 5 or 10 grand. And why, why don't I just buy another house and create that, right? A lot less... Um, butt kissing and a lot less headaches and you can do it again and again and again you don't just get capped out on that first or second promotion right well i think that's a that's a pretty good piece of framing right there it's a, it's a good way to look at that so how, how long did it take you from that time when you are a, uh, you're, you're an engineer you buy the first house to making this your full-time gig yeah, so I mean, a lot of people that I work with and myself at the time, you know, we're just high-paid professionals, and um, I didn't really do any kind of creative financing or value add. You know, my highest and best use is at my day job, and it took a while. That's the problem. <laughs> I had to save up twenty, thirty thousand dollars to buy each, uh, you know, each successive rental. Um, I started to buy Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis. Um, and then they start to build a short list of all the turnkey providers and invest remotely and diversified um, to get my first 11 rentals. Got it. How did you identify, you said Birmingham, Atlanta, and how, how, how did you identify those markets? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess what you're trying to find is, as an investor, is a secondary or tertiary market because, you know, back in 2010 to 2015, 
you know, primary markets don't work. Primary, primary markets are places like Hawaii, San Francisco, Seattle, New York. You're not going to have the rental value ratios to be able to buy a C or B class uh, market area that will be able to beat the one percent rental value ratio. It's just not going to happen. Um, so that's why you know the secondary and tertiary markets come into play. And you're trying to find a secondary and tertiary market with a robust economy. So you know, it, it seems a little overwhelming, but you know once you network with other investors, you start to realize that it's a short list of markets such as Kansas City, Memphis, Little Rock, Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Memphis. Places like that. Got it. Well, that certainly makes sense. And yes, I imagine that that you start throwing yourself into this, or you you make a commitment to start learning about it, and then it it, it is a lot to sort of to sort of get your arms around. So you started by finding folks that you could tap into or or, or learn from, and um, to tell me a little bit about how that worked. Yeah, I mean that's the. This stuff isn't rocket science. But the problem is if you don't have, you know, somebody to kind of help you out. Um, you know, I didn't really have a mentor when I got started. I just kind of, you know, met good people along the way that weren't trying to get paid off a referral fee or marketing fee, but people who were kind of doing the same thing. And you know, initially, I just got lucky, met the right people, and that was what expanded my network. And I um, just kept meeting more and more people. Um, who kind of did this stuff, who are more on the passive side. The problem is when you go to the local RIA or the free online forums, you know, first of all, most people are broke on those things and they're trying to do wholesaling or flipping. Definitely not the kind of person I was trying to meet. And when you go to local real estate events, a lot of them, especially when you live in you know places like Seattle or California, are trying to do it locally. You know, not a lot of people are doing the remote um, passive investor route. So it's difficult. But, you know, once you kind of realize what you're trying to find, then you can kind of spend your time and search just for that. So you said that most people aren't doing a remote passive because it's difficult. What what are the primary challenges versus me being able to drive past my rental property? Yeah, I mean, the, the hardest thing is like, you know, people, when people think of real estate investing, they think of what's on HGTV, the house flipping and, right. and all that type of stuff, especially in the newbie, newbie camp. Um, and then to be a passive investor, you know, you need money. So that typically takes out 90% of the room yeah. that you're going to. Um, but, you know, and, and that's the other thing. A lot of people, even like some more experienced real estate investors or so-called experienced investors, they have the need to feel, feel like they're right next to the property in case something goes wrong. And that's just not the philosophy I go by. You know, I hire property managers um, buy the, the building with enough margin to be able to employ these professionals to do my dirty work for me. Um, that's I think that's the only way to scale. Some people will think that's wasting money, but, you know, I mean, I, I need a lot more than 10 or 20 or 30 properties to be able to um, survive. So to me, paying professionals, property managers is the only way to go. So you talk about how you need 10, 20, or 30, or 40, or whatever to survive. What how, What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're buying a, like a turn, any kind of turnkey property that's $100,000 with twenty dollars to $30,000 down payment and closing costs, you're probably going to cash flow maybe about two or 300 bucks per property per month. Um, so with 10 properties, you 
probably going to have around two to three thousand dollars of passive cash flow a month. Hmm. Not bad, and you know, not was not complaining. I had eleven properties that did that back in two thousand fifteen, but I I got to a point as an investor where I realized that it wasn't scalable because with those eleven rentals, I had an eviction or two every year, and some kind of big catastrophe that happened every quarter, like a plumbing leak that went into the basement or HVAC goes out. Um, you know, not 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 the end of the world. A property manager takes care of a lot of the day-to-day event stuff, but you know, for two to three thousand dollars, that's not enough for me to quit my day job. I need more, like ten thousand dollars or more. At least yeah. what a lot of my investors tell me too. So now you're talking about thirty houses or more. So if you do the math, that's an eviction every other month and some kind of big catastrophe every week, few weeks. And that was where I, where I realized that the single-family homes or even small multifamilies were, were just not scalable. And that was where I transitioned from um, doing what more accredited investors do in private placements and syndications. Got it. Okay. So w- what did that l- leap look like then? You're like, okay, this is going to work. I, I, I need to be dealing with, with, with different kinds of folks. So you just started doing it. How did that? How, how how did it actually work out? Yeah. So that that point, that was when I kind of started the pay to play. I started to join masterminds and different groups where you know you have to you have to put up cash to join the the room. Um, a lot of these deals they're called country club. You know, they're syndications and they're known as country club deals. You don't get in unless you have you're part of the network. Um, by picking up single family homes up to that point, it was. It was a little smoother transition for myself because I had experience. I just wasn't another rich accredited guy with no experience, um, you know, kind of looking to take all the knowledge from the group without giving back. So that was a little bit of an advantage I had into, um, you know, building relationships. We kind of did this, these more private placements and syndications to find deals for myself to go into. But, um, you know, I mean, I think what people don't realize when you become more of a credit investor or definitely over half a million dollars net worth, your network is a lot more important at this point. And, um, you know, cause that's how you're going to find your deal flow. Now, I don't go into any deal unless I know someone in my personal network that I trust that has been in the, the operator's previous deal in the past. Got it. All right. So, you started out, you, you, you got to the point where you realized you weren't going to be able to scale. You joined these mastermind groups and you started working with more accredited investors and dealing with these syndicated deals to where we are today. Now, somebody who's listening, they say, well, geez, you know, it's going to take me forever to do that. What would you say to them? Well, yeah, man. I mean, this is not a get rich quick thing, but, um, you know, I graduated college back in 2007 I didn't have any money um, luckily I didn't have too much student debt at the time but um, you know if you put away most of my investors they put away at least thirty thousand dollars a year some of the better ones are able to save fifty thousand dollars a year and if you just keep doing that and keep chipping away you're gonna get to, your net worth will be growing and you're gonna be able to get into better deals and um, you know, this is how you kind of build legacy cash flow and you diversify yourself over multiple deals, over different markets, different operators, and different business plans. And you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. No, certainly not. So, so 
what what is a a a goal to set from a, a cash standpoint to really get started with what you're describing? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a loose um, you know guy like you know people will call me all the time. Should I go to syndications or should I just you know start picking up my own rental properties on my own? It's kind of a two factor decision, um, you know, and it's determined by first how much net worth do you have, and secondly, how much money are AB are you able to generate and save every year? You know, I'll start with the the first one there, just a net worth. You know, if you're above a million dollar net worth, or perhaps maybe even above half a million dollars, you should probably skew more towards the side of being a passive syndication investor, focusing on your network and finding good deals to go in at $50,000 a pop. Um, if you're under a quarter million dollars net worth, you certainly should start out with single family homes, at least to get the experience um, to be able to bet a larger deal, deal, deal in the future. Got it. Okay. Perfect. And then just start chipping away and find ways to, to, to make more money, to save more money, and just do take kind of your path. That's right. And they start to realize, um, you know, I, so I have a passive investor accelerator mastermind group. And when people join, they, they first think that it's more about, you know, finding the right deals, getting, you know, analyzing them. But I kind of trick them into, you know, seeing the big, bigger picture. For passive high net worth investors, it's just as much a tax game and infinite banking system and just holistic wealth creation is, is kind of the bigger picture. You know, paying taxes, you know, a lot of us are making over two hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars getting killed on taxes. I mean, last year I only paid about four percent effective tax rate because my passive losses exceeded um, I was able to bring that over as a real estate professional and um, a lot of my clients are able to do that too um, based on how they set up you know their taxes how they set up their their life situation with their spouse and themselves uh, working a day the day job and um, you know, it's 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 kind of initially they always tell you well it's, it's kind of how much you make and how much you save but it's also how much you pay in taxes and um, the nice thing is for high net worth individuals, it's actually pretty simple. There's there's only a few best practices that we employ. And, um, you know, it's, in my opinion, it's when you have less than half a million dollars when there's a there's a plethora of different options out there and things are very confusing. You mentioned there's only a handful of best practices. Can you give us an idea what some of those are? Yeah, so first of all, you know, just from a tax perspective, you want to be paying about 15% in taxes. Um, if you pay more, you know, obviously if you pay more than that, you want to be trying to use, um, trying to extract as much passive losses via bonus depreciation using cost segregations in deals. As a real estate um, investor investing in single family homes or your own deals, you know, likely you're taking the, the, the depreciation deduction over 27 years, which is forever. Uh, on these bigger deals, what we'll do is a cost segregation and we'll, a lot of times we'll take one third of all the whole property value in the first year. And these are all, all of the newer tax laws that came into effect when Donald Trump came into office. Um, you know, and, and to be able to take off those passive losses and to pocket them in your big tax year when you have a big capital gain is very valuable. 
and, and you can kind of create a strategy around this. Uh, what a lot of my clients do is, you know, one spouse will make a lot more money than the other. The other one might be a home, uh, homemaker. So what they'll do is they'll set up the family situation where the homemaker will be a real estate professional on stat, on paper. Um, you know, they won't have another day job and they'll work 750 hours at least in their their business. Now, you'll have to consult your CPA on this, but, um, you know, most CPAs, they are, it's not that they don't know this stuff, it's just they're just a little bit too conservative. But I, in my opinion, it's not that they're being conservative, I think that most times they're just being lazy and they don't <laughs> want to check the box and they don't want to be risk, risk their own name on the line. But at that point, I'd say you need a new CPA. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I paid about 4% in taxes last year because I had so much passive losses coming from my syndication deals. Um, I probably shouldn't have used all the passive losses. I should have banked them for the future. But um, that is what me and my CPA came up with to um, kind of just use them in that, that past year. But, you know, you have a, you know, notice this is not, none of, nobody talks about this stuff, right? And it's all stuff that happens in the, uh, the garum of the country club, right? These, these are kind of what's been talked. These are the secrets of the wealthy, essentially. Got it. Well, Lane, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, your network is your net worth. So um, however you got to do it, you know, initially maybe you got to buy some people a nice bottle of wine or um, take them out to dinner or something. But, um, you know, you got to find the right people. And um, the, the, the weird thing is that you know, once people are have financial freedom, really, you know, helping out a new guy isn't going to really help them. So you got to, you might have to entice them. You have to might find the right one to help you. But um, you know, without that key person, you won't be able to build your tree of other passive investors, high net worth accredited investors, and kind of stick next to them and follow what they do. Um, you know, in the beginning, you're not going to know much or know any things to do. But, um, you know, hopefully you can uh, add value back to other people's in other ways. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. And Lane, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and how can they work with you? Yeah, if they want to check out my podcast, Simple Passive Cashflow, iTunes, Google Play. The first, I'd say first dozen podcasts are all about um, buying turnkey rentals, but um, as my story has changed over the past few years, I've transitioned more to syndication investing, so I talk about that all the time. Um, they want to join my uh, free Hui group on Facebook. Um, it's a private group. They can uh, shoot me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. Thanks for having me, George. Yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lane your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out the Simple Simple Passive Cash Flow podcast and jump into Lane's private Facebook group as well, and I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Lane. All right. Aloha. Thanks for having me, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.